Lord spoke to me and told me some things. He said, you'll begin to write with a new anointing. And through the music and through the singing as you minister forth, my anointing will flow out from you. Those who believe that and receive that anointing will be healed in their body. Financial need will be met. Harmony will come to the home. The yoke of bondage will be broken because it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. I'm David Engels, and this is the Hour of Anointing. Won't be 
You know, we've got to fill up with God before we can really spill over to man. Man doesn't need our half-heartedness. He doesn't need our half-emptiness or half-fullness. But as we fill up with God, then it just spills out of us and over on those that we are in contact with. I'm thinking right now about Moses having been in the presence of God. And he comes walking down the mountain, and when they look at him, the people see him. He is all aglow from the presence of God, but Moses himself doesn't even know that. He's just been in God's presence. And by spending that intimate time in God's presence, and not just once, but I mean a way of life, we'll find that our ministry Godward toward the Lord will urge us and spill out of us manward with a freshness, with a power. We will not only talk of God's power, but we will see it also demonstrated. It's amazing how often ministering to the Lord is mentioned in God's word. During the stay at Sinai, while Israel was in the wilderness, the Lord separated the tribe of Levi to bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord, to minister unto him, and to bless in his name. So that is a definite ministry, ministering to the Lord. Now, during the spiritually barren days before the rule of Israel's kings, when the word of the Lord was precious and there was no open vision, little Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. I'm looking at 1 Samuel 2 and verse 18. But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child girded with a linen ephod. So just as a child, it doesn't even take a pulpit minister. Uh, far be it from uh, the understanding of God's word that you have to have some title to minister to the Lord. No, every believer must minister to the Lord. Now, 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 1, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. So ministering to the Lord is something that we must begin to do. When the temple was completed during the reign of Solomon, the ark was brought from Zion into the most holy place. And I read now from Second Chronicles 5 and verses 11 through 14. And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place, the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever, that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord. That's talking about the presence of God. So that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud. In other words, they were, they were made uh, prostrate. They, in other words, that's what we call falling under the power. Because the power of God is manifest. The presence of God is so strong and manifest there that they couldn't even stand to minister by reason of the cloud. That was the first holy rollers right there. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Now Mary, the mother of Jesus, ministered to the Lord as she spoke forth the marvelous worship and praise of the Lord. Anna, the prophetess, who spake of Jesus to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem, never left the temple but served or ministered to the Lord with fastings and prayers night and day. We're talking about ministering to the Lord. The leaders of the early church not only ministered to the Lord privately, but came together publicly to fast and to minister to the Lord. 
This is what our corporate ministry must be in the church and other places that we gather together. Yes, privately we must minister to the Lord, then corporately we come together. Not only do we minister to the Lord here on earth, but millions in heavenly places minister to the Lord. The Apostle John writes, And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts, and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, everybody say loud voice, <laughs> saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb for ever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that lived for ever and ever. And that's from Revelation 5, verses 11 through 14. Numerous are the references in God's word to ministering to the Lord. How important it is to understand God's loving design for us as we learn to minister to him now and equip ourselves for that same ministry for eternity. So this is kind of like a dress rehearsal. We must rehearse before the Lord. Rehearse our praise. Well, we're sincere as we do it. But, you know, we're just, when I say rehearse, we're just getting ready for heaven. Before we can understand our responsibility of ministering to the Lord and see it in perspective, we must understand God's purposes from the beginning of time and even before creation. It's important to note that God has sovereignly declared that he made all things, including man, for himself, that is, for his pleasure and for his glory. We read from Colossians now 1, verses 16 and 17. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth. All things were created by him, and created for him and he is before all things and by him all things consist revelation 4 verses 8 through 11 the apostle john describes the four living creatures who worship god day and night saying holy 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 lord god almighty which was and is and is to come he tells us of the 24 elders who worship god by falling down before him and casting their crowns before his throne, they are saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord. You're worthy to receive glory and honor and power. Oh, they may be singing, Thou art worthy. Thou art worthy. Thou art worthy, O Lord. To receive glory. Glory and honor, glory and honor and power. For thou hast created, hast all things created. For thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure, they are created. 
Thou art worthy, O Lord. Ministering to the Lord. You've been listening to The Hour of Anointing. To order David Ingalls' products, including music CDs and downloads, soundtracks and songbooks, call us toll-free at 1-877-34-RADIO or visit us online at diministries.org. And while you're there, check out audio archives of past programs, including today's broadcast. Our mailing address is David Ingalls Ministries, P.O. Box 1924, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74101. When writing, please include an offering for Radio Time along with the call letters of this station. Tune in weekdays at this same time for the Hour of Anointing with David Ingalls.